I'm here today to just tell you that God wants to speak to us. And so I get to ring the bell this morning. And, um, and so and I'm not quite like, all right, that's enough. And so uh, this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about Jesus being your hero and not looking to celebrities to be your hero. You know, we live in a culture that celebrities, I mean, I, I'll just use one as an example. I could use many. I think about Jennifer Lopez, okay? I don't know how many men she's been with. I mean, now she's back to Ben Affleck, if you listen to the news and all that. And I say, you know what? God, it's sad that we have people that have the face of an angel but have morals like an alley cat. And that's it. Come on. Come on. Hey, this is me. This is all. And so, listen, let me tell you, if you've been almost through 100 chemo rounds, radiation, eight surgeries, come on. I'm just here to say I'm going to be me. I'm going to be, and hopefully God can use, you know, I believe this. God uses, God, it's like the glove of God in me. It can be the finger of God that touch you. Just like if you just be you, you can be, it's God's glove. You can be God's glove and it, it, it just being yourself. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you. We live in a time where it's more fame uh, to be a celebrity rather than a hero. And, and media is given to celebrities, but I believe this, that danger and risk give us heroes. And you look at, I think our soldiers are heroes. Amen. I don't care what the media says. <laughs> Chance, stand up. Where you at, Chance? Chance, Chance is going to the army tomorrow. And so let's just extend our hands to, toward him. We're going to pray. He's going to go to basic training. He's going to go to jump school, and he wants to be an army ranger. And so God's just giving him a dream in his heart. So, Father, we thank you for Chance. We thank you for the call of God upon his life, that he loves you. And we pray that you would be with him. You would cover him, protect him. And God, protect him physically in all that he does. And we pray that your hand of influence would be upon him. Not only would he be changed, but God, he would be able to be an agent of change to others. We thank you that no matter where we go, you always leave a witness. There's always a witness. Let him be the witness of your goodness, of your faithfulness in his life. And be with Mike and Jessica as they're going to cry tomorrow. We pray strength and grace upon them and their whole family. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Proud of you, Chance. And so, I, 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 listen, I think soldiers, I think policemen and firemen are heroes. Behind the scenes, you don't, we don't see some of the stuff that they got to put up with. I've seen stuff that people have to put. I would pimp slap somebody. That, some of the people that they have to put up with. I'm just, I'm serious. But the thing is, they're heroes. My son is a paramedic fireman in Nashville. One of my third son. I've heard stories. He's held babies, try to resuscitate babies that have died in his arms. And you got to live with that kind of stuff. He's, he's been around people that just need help. And so this morning, the gap is much wider between fame and greatness. You know, heroism is linked to honor and bravery. And I believe for many of us, you know, celebrities have links and an image. They have big names, but we don't have big persons many times in our society. 
And so what's scary is we see celebrities and not heroes rise up even in the churches all across America. And see, I believe this. We have to be careful today that the pastors are not the center of the church, but Jesus is. And see, the image to make the stars, listen, we have to make sure the stars aren't outshining the sun. You see, you, you can't come across as clever and have Jesus come across as wonderful at the same time. And so, so, and so I want to talk to us about, we're going to go to Scripture in Philippians. It says, Philippians 2, it reminds us who the center of attraction is. Apostle Paul shows us who is the hero in the greatest story ever told. So let's put this up. He says, God exalted him and multiplied his what? Come on. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Let's go on. God, exa- everything and everyone will one day submit to his name, to this name. It said in the, in the heaven, heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. Let's go next. And it says this. It says, and every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh. Bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. Let me just say that there's one God in this universe, and there's only one. There's a lot of misreputations, but there's only one God. And that's who I want to talk about today. And see, I believe this. Paul not only wants us to remember this, but he also wants us to see that the Father, think what he thinks about the Son. And see, Paul tells us God put Jesus on the pedestal. And we must remember, it's all about the Son. I like what uh, Augustus said. Christ is not valued at all if he's not valued above all. And see, you know, there, there was a story of a wealthy man I want to tell you about. And he had a son. And uh, he loved his son dearly. And he and his son loved fine art. And because he was wealthy, he was able, him and his son worked to amass a, just a, a valuable private collection of priceless works and of art. And so when he was old enough, you know, the son actually joined the military. He, had, he was going to be drafted to go to Vietnam, so he decided, I'll just volunteer. And so he went to Vietnam, and actually the sad part of the story is that he was killed in action. His father's heart was broken. And what happened is... He, 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 his millions of dollars worth of art, you know, and, and what happened is that he passed away. And when he passed away, you know what, all the art dealers were excited because, man, we're going to get to go to this auction of this incredible collection of art. So they're all excited. And, and so what happens, art dealers crowd the home, and it's that day, and they want to bid for Van Gogh's and Moyers, and, and the lawyer announced to the crowd before the valuable pieces of art were to be auctioned, the father had one request. He said, he said and he left his instructions, and he said, the first portrait that needs to be auctioned off is a portrait of my son. So what happened is, All the impatient art dealers were like, are you kidding me? Get on with it. Get the picture out of the way. We want the real art. That's what they're thinking. And so what happens, auctioneer held up a painting and said, who will give me $100? No one says anything. And he goes down to $20. 
go give me $20. And one of the son's, art, uh, the son's uh, friends from the military said, I'll give you 20 And he goes, who'll give me 20 20 20 20 going once, 20 going twice. And then he <laughs> sold for $20. And as soon as that happened, what happens, the attorney from the rich man came forward and announced to the crowd, ladies and gentlemen, there are no more bidding. My client left specific instructions that whoever bought the painting of a son would receive all the other works of art at no additional charge. Whoever chooses my son gets it all. This concludes the auction. Let me tell you, whoever chooses Jesus gets it all. You get all of heaven, all of his glory, all of his grace, all of his power, all of his ability to do what you can't do yourself, but only what God can do. And see, when you get Jesus, you get it all. Some of us looked in religion. Come on. Some of us looked through relationships. Some of us looked through just different things. You name it. There's a list. Well, we've all tried to experience something. But what happens, don't get mixed up. It's not what the church, it's not what church you go to. It's not who your pastor is. Did you choose the son? Yes. Jesus is the name. The name who gets it all. And let me tell you, that's the name that gets you to heaven. There's three things I want you to see to keep Jesus the hero of your life this morning. Are you ready? Come on, let's get ready. The first thing is you have to have perspective. See, perspective is not what you see, it's but how you see. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? I like when y'all ask questions. The fact is that you're looking at, your filter is what you're, the fact is you're seeing things, but you're looking through a filter. And many of us in our filters are kind of just haze. We spend a lot of time trying to get God to see things from our perspective. And all along, God's trying to get us to look through his perspective. Amen? When I was lying in a bed in ICU two years ago, the, the, the pulmonologist came in and I had to get hooked up. I was hooked up six days, didn't know where I was. I, I was on Michael Jackson drugs, fentanyl, and a few other things. It's true. And what happened is, I didn't know what was going on. But during that time, there was a, there was a guy, a doctor, Pomenon's came in. He said, well, the numbers are the same. They're not changing, and he may get worse. And they were saying, you know, we don't know if he's going to make it. You might, told my wife, you know, you might need to prepare to put him in a nursing home because he's just not going to be right. He might, we hope that he makes it through. And he'd come in, share those numbers, and one day Tracy said, wait a minute. She goes, doctor. Can you stop just giving me the facts? Can I ask you to do one thing? Can you pray for my husband? After six days being in ICU, and they have a bunch of funny stories, my wife and my sons and people that were there at the hospital could tell you about what I said and what I did. (laughs) She said one of the first things I I told her, said, I went out of this popsicle stand. Let's get out of here. (laughs) And actually, I tried to escape, and and the whole floor named me Houdini. And, and the doctor came back, and he went in his white little outfit thing. He was in his street clothes, and he said, I just had to come see 
for myself. You see, I believe this is that there was a lady a couple weeks ago. I was in, I, I'm still getting chemo tomorrow. Go for a chemo treatment. Uh, and what happened, there was a lady about a month and a half ago. She goes, is this your first time? I go, oh, no, ma'am. I've been off and on for about 10 and a half years, almost approaching 11. I said, I could write you a novel and tell you things. And she began to break down and cry because it was her first time. And she goes, but the doctor said the kind of I just don't have. And I said, I, they told me I only have so long. And I said, shut up. In a kind way. That's what I was thinking. But I said, hey, stop. Don't you ever let a person put a date or a time on you. God is the only one that gives the expiration date. And so what happened is the challenge, you know what? I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to confess right now. I I've, I should have been dead two times already. But, you know, uh, in January, I got news that when I went into the doctor and I had to go to a pulmonologist, and m most of you don't even know this, but I'm going to let you know right now. They gave me five to six months to live. This is the fifth month. Okay. I want to show you a picture. I want to show you a picture. Okay. If you can see on the right side, and you see the left lung right there, see that gray mass like right here? That's my tumor. Okay. And right here is like my pipe to get it in. It's almost blocked. And then that's in January. And this picture is three weeks or three weeks ago. I can't wait to go to the pulmonologist. I should be dead. What do you have to say about this? Anyway, just anyway. The Bible says this. It's perspective. Remember. The Bible says in Philippians 4 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. Sometimes when you get bad news, it's hard to rejoice. Sometimes when your mate looks at you, you go, I don't like you. It's hard to rejoice. Are you hearing me? Now, I'm sure that doesn't happen around here. But anyway. See, I believe that where, you make, where we make this mistake is we often view God through our circumstances. You know, what do you mean? That's, this is bad. God must be bad. God must be mad. Let me just say this. I want you to view your circumstances through the goodness of God. Listen, God loved you enough to send his son, Jesus, to die on the cross, but he didn't just stay in death. He rose again, he rose again from the grave. He conquered hell, death, and the grave. No matter what you're going through physically, mentally, emotionally, God was able. The Bible says it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. If you're a Christian, the Bible says dwells inside of us. Listen, I don't fight for victory. I fight from victory. Jesus is victory. See, I'm like this. I'm still trying to kick the devil's butt in prayer till his horns fall out. You see, if you look for Jesus, you'll find him. Some of you are one revelation away from your breakthrough. Don't get discouraged. 
Don't lose courage. You know, a couple months ago, oh no, it's about over a year, Ronnie, uh, uh, one of the guys, Ronnie from the church, brings me sometimes. And, uh, and there was one day I, I had one of those victory moments where I got to ring the bell. And cancer bell. It means that you've had victory over your circumstances. And so I was ringing that. I can't say that. The H-E double hockey sticks out of that bell. And I was like, God. And I was just like. And, then, and when I did that, a lady began to cry. And I thought she was the one that had cancer. But she had her husband that had cancer. And God just moved. And I just started praying for her. And then Ronnie and I just turned the waiting room where the bell was into a prayer session. And praying for people. And loving people. And trying to give them hope. You see, I believe this. you got to. You've got to have the right perspective. The second thing you need to have is purpose in your life. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? I hear people say often, I just don't see the purpose. What's the point? Hold on. Any of you hear that? Why should I keep trying? How many of you hate pain? God, let's, let's do this. How many of you hate pain? Come on, let's do this. How many of you just... Okay, we might have a few sadomasochists in here. We're going to get you delivered by the end of the service. I believe this. That's not com- I, I'm, I'm going to argue that's not completely accurate. What do you mean, Pastor? People don't hate pain. They hate pain without a purpose. What do you mean? People can endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose. If you're trying to make money... You'll go through the pain of trying to make money. You want to run a marathon? You're going to train and you're going to run through the pain to run that marathon. Are y'all following me? Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you're going to do CrossFit, you need to show up. That means you're going to have some pain. Mamas, childbirth. Come on. You go. That's pain. I, I've, I've learned this. You can't stop in the middle of it. You can't go, excuse me, nurse, doctor, I quit. Time out. You know, honey, <laughs> knock me out. You know what I mean? I watched my wife go through all six of our, our children's births. Five of them, she didn't use any kind of epidural, pain medicine, all that. And my mama was in there one day, and she, she had delivered one of our children. I don't know which one. We have so many. <laughs> and she goes, looks at my wife. She goes, you are a real woman. Because my grandmother, I remember my grandmother, because I didn't know what I had back in the 40s. They drugged you so much, I didn't know what I had for three days. <laughs> You'll do that for your health. You'll sacrifice things. You'll go through pain. You see, don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. See your pain through the perspective of God, through purpose. What's God trying to do? I'm not mad at God. For what I'm going through, he's the same God that saved me from my lifestyle that I had before I knew Jesus. And I've gone to other places and preached, and I had one lady, she goes, oh, and I go, I used to be a dope head. She goes, oh, Bubba, I know you used to be a dope head, but you bring hope to my head. (laughs) See, I believe this, from dope to hope so you can cope. And there's a lot of you like that in here. It might not have been drugs. It could have been alcohol. It could have been relationships. I don't know what it was. 
But you came to a point in your life that you felt pain and you recalled out your hurt. It wasn't about religion. You began to call out to Jesus. And I believe this. God delivered you. God set you free. When I look at faces in here, I know people. I remember when Allie got delivered from alcohol. She called me one day. Just, I remember when her and Mikey got, I remember when Josh and I led Mike to the Lord. I can go around the room. I can look at people and I can see, Derek, your family has changed because of what Jesus has done. Come on. That's all I can see, the front row. The lights are bright, okay? If you're out there, I, I could tell your story too. You know, we don't, see, James says it like this, 1-3. For you know that when your faith is tested, listen, your endurance has a chance to grow. Yep. Whew. Come on, Lord. I don't like that one. In order for gold to be refined, they have to heat it up hot. And what they have to do, they have to scrape the, the dross off the top. And you can look in it, and they go, well, you can ask the goldsmith, is it ready? And they'll tell you, no, it's not ready. Well, how do you know when it's ready? Here's how they know. They said this. When I can see a reflection of myself, when I look in it, then I know it's ready. And I see a lot of people have the reflection of Jesus because they've walked through different things. They've been through things, but there's a reflection of who he is in their lives. Amen? You see, the reflection, it's because God's goal is not to make you happy, but it's to make you holy. Holy means whole, body, soul, and spirit. See, when you understand that life is a test, come on, you realize that nothing insignificant is in your life. What do you mean? You know, the last couple of days when they were having rain and they were having the, the thing, the national broadcast thing came on the TV and it annoyed the heck out of me. This is a national. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we had this? This is the, you know, instead of the national weather, this is, this is only a test. This is only a test of your spiritual life. You're fixing to go through hell. Be ready. Wouldn't it be great if we had an advertising before we go through a trial, we face pain? Come on. It just doesn't happen that way. This is the eternal broadcasting system. The devil is going to show up at your doorstep in the form of a, a woman that you think is pretty, but it, she needs help. Hey, there's some religions, there's some denominations. Pretty, you know what? You got to have a hem line that's so long and they can't wear makeup. I'm thinking, Lord, they need help. She needs some makeup. So I'll stop there. But anyway, let's go on to the message. I told you, hey, I'm just going to be me. That's what's scary. You never know you're a servant of Jesus till you're treated like one. You'll just never know. A spiritual leader in scripture is called a servant. The joy of a true servant is not power, control, comfort, or position. Are you hearing me? What gives a servant purpose is service. It's serving others. You know, in serving others, how many know sometimes you can get weary? Okay, moms. 
You cook, you clean, you wash your clothes. When you're young, you get the poopy diapers, and nowadays they throw them away. Back in the end, you just, I remember as a kid, my mom would go, bring the thing, and you'd have to go to the toilet and go like this till the poop fell off the diaper. Come on. How many of you remember those days? All you young women, you don't know what you're missing. You, thought, you think you have it bad. You just get that thing and throw that thing away. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. You know, James says it like this. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, your patience, your perspective, your purpose, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let me just say, Jesus plus nothing is everything. I know a lot of people want to serve Jesus, but they have a trailer behind them, and they want to put stuff in their trailer to get it to heaven with them. And the reality is you don't need all that stuff. God's not against you having stuff. It's your priorities. The third and final thing is you don't have to be smart. You just need to be persistent. Or persistent. What do you mean? I, you know, how many of you know a lot of people just want things now? Don't point at me, baby. You know, like that, I'm like, oh, God, I got a conviction coming on. If it wasn't there, it's coming. I'll just say this. If I'm going hunting, I like stuff. <laughs> and all the men in the house said, Amen. come on. My wife, I said, you know, women spend more money. She goes, oh, no, 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 no. Boys have bigger toys. But see, here's the thing. You ever see kids manifest at the Walmart checkout line? Yes. Mama, I want it now. Yeah, I mean, and mamas want to lay hands on them. Come on. I know of a lady left her child at the Walmart line and just walked out. I believe this. God doesn't build you in seven minutes. God builds you over a lifetime. But you got to be persistent. You can be, you can be the hand of God in the glove of whoever you are. I can be the hand of God in the glove of Bubba. I've been that many times when I've gone to chemo and talked to people and shared with people. My, I didn't realize one of my youngest brother's best friend has lymphoma. And he has to go through treatment for seven and a half hours. I've been in that seat. I prayed for him. He said, how come you have hair still on your head? I said, my follicles are stubborn. <laughs> and I just began to pray with him, talk to him. While I'm getting chemo, I'm just standing up talking to him because you can move the thing around until you have to plug it in. But I, there's been times where, you know what? I know that God, I've done pastor's meetings while I'm getting chemo. I've had people call me and get on FaceTime and pray for them and talk to them. Just because I'm walking through something doesn't mean that God's not with me. Just because you're walking through something, listen to me. God's with you. He had not left you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Well, Pastor Bubba, you don't know. No, I don't care. That's his promise. That's God's promise. You see, 
I believe you, you know what? They had a professor come, they had a guy come to a college professor one time. He said, he said, and he was a president. He said, listen, I have a lot of influence and I'll pay you a lot of money. and I'll make some donations to the college that are very significant. I just want you to get my son through college really quick so he can pursue a career. And the wise president said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you want your son to be a cabbage head or an oak tree? He said, I can get him through real quick, but it'll be just like a cabbage head. It lasts for a season. But if you give me time and you're patient, I can create your son to be a mighty oak, to stand through adversity. And sometimes we want things quick. Come on. Well, God's going, whoa, 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 wait. You ever, like what we saw during the hurricanes, we saw trees being cut. And we saw, you could count the rings, how many years some of those trees had been living, and some of them fell, but there was others. And one thing I noticed about our native trees from south Louisiana, very few of them, like a cypress tree. They might have cracked, but they didn't get uprooted. A mighty oak, unless it was a young, young, young oak, might have got uprooted, but those mighty Spanish oaks, I didn't see them fall. Why? Because they'd been there for a while. I remember when David Daigle planted those trees. I planted a few out there that are out there when you do those young trees. And uh, I remember we had them tied up, and David was telling me when I thought about it. He said, you know, those trees have to, once they have to, their roots will start extending and growing when they feel wind and resistance. And when we took the wires off, not one of them had fallen. Not one of them had died since we planted them. In fact, the most healthy tree is called the Miss Jean tree, Miss Jean Letchworth. Because, listen, because what happened is when you're driving out, it's the most healthy little tree we have planted. It was planted all the same, but it's almost twice as big as the other because it was planted where there was poo-poo from chickens and and donkeys and horses. What, What are you saying? If you're willing to walk through some junk in your life, God begins to help you grow. Hello? Listen, I didn't sign up for cancer. I was like, it's like being in the NFL. I was glad to be on the practice team. Are you hearing me? I didn't go, hey, hey, who wants cancer one? Not me. But you know what? God uses so much in me and my family and people that I love and you as a church. I believe God's just done great things. And thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for my family. People, Pastor Bob, I'm praying for you. I go, don't stop. I'm living in them. And so you need to have, listen, you need to have the right perspective in your life. You need to have the right, you need to have a purpose why you're doing what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Either for yourself or for others, but hopefully it's for Jesus. You see, you endure perseverance. I, I know that uh, I was in a storm a couple years ago while I was goose hunting. I got a point about it. And it was me and Phil McDaniel and my son Luke. And we weren't doing much with the geese at that time or ducks. And they had a storm coming. But I was ready because I had a rain jacket and I had brought one for Luke. But Phil showed up without a rain jacket. So we used a, a decoy bag to put over him. So when the storm came through, I was telling Luke, I, I said, Luke, 
when he was young, I said, if we can endure the storm, sometimes the best hunting happens right after the storm. Right after the storm. But see, when storms come, that's when people leave. That's when people give up. And so, I, and so we waited, and I mean, it rained. And then when after the thing, I mean, it was on. Like, and we, we did great. And it was a lesson for my son. It's also a lesson for me. That you know what? Whatever you need or whatever you're looking for or wherever you hunt. I believe this. If you stare at something long enough, you can become what you stare at. If you get in the word enough, it'll get in you. And it'll get through you. And so when you're facing a storm, that's what comes out. That's what comes out of you. You see, are y'all with me? Life is like something great. There's life, there's greater life on the other side of the storm. I've had people tell me, I've tried Jesus, but he just didn't work. How many have had that with people? You might have tried church. You might have tried Sundays. You might have tried a denomination, but you sure didn't try, try my Jesus. Because um, I can just tell you, as someone that served the Lord for 41 years, May 14th, 1980, I gave my life to Jesus on a Wednesday. And he's the same God that saved me and rescued me and delivered me. Is the same God is walking with me right now through my storm. And he's the same God. You can write. Some of you might not remember the day. You might not be able to record it. But you know there was a moment in your life that God just showed up. And he helped you. And some of you are here this morning. Well, I didn't have an experience like that. I didn't have it. You don't have to. You have to go smoke dope and do, drink and all that to get a testimony. You can get a testimony by just, you know what, I didn't have to try all that stuff. Like my wife, she never even tried to smoke a cigarette. I go, what? What's wrong with you? She tried a sip of wine one time. She goes, how do people drink that? But the thing I love about my wife, she didn't have to experience. Think about it. It was like God putting me with someone like that. And she's still wondering, how did God, how did you work that out? Because I'm just an imperfect person trying to share with you about a perfect God. He knows perfectly what you need in, in whatever you're walking through right now. You might not like the package that's been delivered at your doorstep. But God never sends a messenger without, without an empty, with, with an empty envelope. God has something for you. See, it's impossible to say, I tried Jesus and it didn't work. Why? Because Romans 10, 11 tells us, this is the word of God. Everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. What do you mean? Can you name one true believer of Jesus who was on their deathbed and said, Jesus is a liar. And I regret ever following him all my life. I was thinking about a young man that I prayed with on his deathbed. It's John Marshall's nephew, Marshall. He had brain tumor. He'd come to church. He'd, when Marshall would hug you, come on, you didn't know him, you got hugged. It wasn't like, oh, okay, hello. It was like, okay, let me go. Can I breathe? It's like, Billy's like that sometimes. I said, wait, I remember I had a broken back. I said, don't you touch me. In Jesus' name, I'll cast the devil out of you. Break my back again. Go, okay, Pastor Butler, okay. But you know what? I went and prayed with him when he was on his deathbed. 
And on his deathbed, he wasn't saying those words. I was at the deathbed of my grandmother that knew the Lord, the patriarch of our family. And you know what she kept saying? I just want to go home. And then you know what we did? Well, we're all her, her children, her grandchildren, most of probably 90% of his grandchildren, all around her bed when she was, and I was holding her hand. Because she was like my mom. She raised me until I was five. And we kept all saying, go home, Nene. Her name was Nene to us. Go home. Go be with Jesus. Go home. She wasn't going, I regret. No, what she did is, what she doesn't know is that all her prayers that she had for her children, her grandchildren, God's answering those prayers even today. You see, Philippians says it like this. So that at, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Father exalted his Son, but yet the Son exalted his Father. And I love what Isaiah says. We like to quote Philippians, but Isaiah says, every knee will bend to me. And every tongue will, de will declare allegiance to me. You see, Jesus is the hero, hopefully, of your life and of your story. The reason you're here is because you met the hero. So don't try to be like somebody else. Don't try to be like a celebrity. Don't try to be like another preacher. Just be yourself. And guess what? Being yourself, sometimes you're stuck with yourself. And some of us, let me just say that. Let's say, how many of you are perfect in here? If you raise your hand, you're a liar. We're going to pray for you to get delivered. How many of you have made some mistakes this week? How many of you said some things you wish you wouldn't have said this morning on the way to No, just. How many of you regret some actions that you took? Okay, who was it? Who was it that cut me off last, yesterday? You know, I'm just see. You know what? You know what that shows us? You're in the right place. Because it was a perfect church, so you showed up. And it was a perfect church before I started preaching and started the church. see, I just want Jesus, I, let me just give you a key. Remain passionate with God, and it'll keep you passionate. What do you mean by that? I've learned this. Every day when I wake up in the morning, and I put my feet on the ground, I just do this. Lord, use me today. Whatever you want me to do, whatever I need to do, whatever person you want me, God, give me the words to say to them. Give me, the, give me your heart. Let me see them through Jesus' contact lenses. Let me see them like you see them. So I won't be critical. Come on. Anybody like that? God, give me a heart that beats after your heart. Give me compassion for those that are lost. You see, I've learned this. Every time I'm tempted to follow a celebrity or be like someone else, I remember Philippians 2. 
You know, this Jesus came to raise the dead. How many of you believe that? How many of you, how many of you were dead in your sins? Jesus is still raising the dead. Now, I've had friends. I had my friend Harry Gomes that literally went to a funeral and prayed over a guy, and he rose up from the dead. That might shock a few of you, but that God's still doing that around the world. You see, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be wise. You don't have to be wonderful. You just have to be dead. That's it. That's all you need. Dead to you. Dead to whatever the world thinks about you. For some of you men, let me just say this. God's calling you to be his representative in your home. You know the sad thing is? Fathers name their children. And the, great, the, the thing that pains me the most, I've been reading some books, and we're such in a fatherless generation right now. You see, if you don't name your children, they name themselves. Why are people confused about their identities today? Because they don't have a father in the home to name them. Are you hearing me? So they name themselves. They're looking for identity. And I say this, if you're looking for identity, it's found in Jesus. And when you find him, you find your identity, you find your purpose. You, all of a sudden, you get a greater perspective of what God wants. And you can be persistent to pursue him. I'm in the right place this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for everyone that's here this morning. Pray that God, that you would just come and touch people. Lord, when we, when we, buy, when we believe you, we get it all. Jesus. And I pray for those that have struggled. Those have had difficult situations and circumstances. You know what they are. And it's been hard for them. But I pray today, this morning, that you would open their eyes like never before. And that you would come in with your encouragement. You would bring courage into their hearts. To stand up. To be what you want them to be. To walk through what they're walking through. To face things that have been difficult and let me just say this. If you're walking through something that's very difficult right now, I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to pray for you. Just stand to your feet. Don't be worried about who's standing next to you. You just need God to touch you. Just stand to your feet this morning. Just stand. Just stand. It's just time to be brutally honest with God. Who cares what people think? One day we'll stand before him. It's not what people think. It'll be what he thinks. I'm not going to beg you. Just give me one. If you need to stand up, just stand up right now. Just say, God, I need you. Some of your children need to see you stand up. Instead of bowing down to everything else in this world, that you would stand up and stand up and follow Jesus and look for his strength and his grace and his power. That you just stand up. And that's it. Okay. Put your hands toward them. If someone's sitting next to you, just, just put your hand on their shoulder or grab their hand and we're just going to pray for them Father you know why everybody's standing up you know God what they're walking through Lord all they're doing is responding to what they need they know that they that you have to be the hero in their life 
Stephanie, God's going to touch you and work a miracle in your life, girl. I believe that right now. Jason, God's going to touch you. You've been struggling with something. God's going to touch you. If you're standing, lift your hands right now to heaven. Father, we just want to receive all that you have for us. Your grace, your strength, your ability to help us walk through difficult situations knowing that you're with us. I just pray your grace, your strength upon their lives this morning. I pray for mighty miracles to take place. I pray for seize the part. I pray, Father, for things that they thought were dead would begin to rise up again. I pray there would be resurrection power in every heart, in every mind this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're standing, all you can say is this. I receive all that you have for me, God. Come on, let's give them a hand as they just sit down. Thank you for standing. I think as you stood this morning, it was like you were breaking some ground. You were breaking things in your life. And some of us, we're just one step or one stand from a breakthrough. Amen? And I believe that God's going to do some great things. So let me just pray and dismiss you this morning. And, uh, and I know we'll have someone coming up in a minute, but let's just pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray. Thank you that, God, that you're going to do some great things today in people's hearts, in their minds, in their lives. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord in an intimate way, in a real way. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. No one looking around. Just raise your hand. Say, Pastor Bubba, I need the Lord. I need to give my life to the Lord. Trust him. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Put it down. Pray this prayer with me as we all pray together. Can we do that? Even online, if you're watching this morning and you know that you need to give your heart to the Lord, or if you just need God's touch, just pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for living for myself. Thank you that you've opened my eyes this morning. I see clearly that you died for me, that you rose from the grave for me. Forgive me of my choices. They've been selfish. They've been self-centered. They're just sin. Forgive me for some of the choices I've made that are ungodly. Forgive me for those things. Come into my heart. Live inside of me. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.